Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Guilty Feminist, Nikki Clark, Juliet Stevenson, and Mira Sayal. Hello. Thank Hello. you for having us. It's an honour and a privilege to have you all here today. Nikki, you started this campaign. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, I started it in 2018 um, for two reasons, really. One was because I tried to restart my acting career at 50 and uh, found that that was quite tricky. Um, and the other reason was that I just wasn't seeing any women who looked like me leading on TV. I saw an awful lot of men my age and I saw an awful lot of, uh, their on-screen partners who were about 20 years younger, but I didn't see my life on screen. I didn't see women going through my experiences on screen. And I just, it was one of those awful things that when you start to notice you, you you see it everywhere. Um, and so I started looking into the data. I did a deep dive into the Academy Awards for the last 20 years and BAFTA for the last 20 years. And the more that the data was building up and the more that the problem seemed to be something that wasn't just something I was noticing, but the conversation I was having, conversations, sorry, I was having with actresses like Juliette um, and other supporters at the beginning of the campaign, uh, I found that this was definitely a problem that actresses identified with, presenters identified with, and writers, because one of the questions that came up initially was, well, we need more writers. And writers were contacting me and saying, we submit scripts and it gets all the way through to commissioning. And when we get to commissioning, the response is always, well, this couple in their 50s, we love him. He's amazing. However, can you make her 20 years younger? And it just became something. Would they actually say yeah. that? I mean, that's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. So blatant. Totally blatant. I think it sometimes happens at the casting as well. Because uh, friends of mine who were like, I know people who are in their 30s and they will get scripts for like, she's 48. And they'll be like, excuse me. Um, 
I'm 37. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got a, you know, you could play this part. Um, yeah. And a friend of mine recently was touched, said, absolutely not. She said, like, if I'll play this part, but this part is then going to be a 33-year-old woman. Mm. I'm not playing 40. Uh, uh, you know, our uh, women's careers are so uh, truncated as it is because of this kind of thing. The last thing you can afford to do is is claim to be 40 on screen because then that, you know, it's, it's if you're not, if you're 33, uh, because of uh, these very strange patriarchal forces. Mira Sayal, can you tell us a little bit about your experience of age and your work on screen and stage? Well, um, I've, I mean, I've generally always played a bit older than I am because I guess I'm, I'm classed as a character actress, <laughs> which means, used to mean not pretty enough to be a romantic lead, but actually is um, the much better career course because you just get the most interesting parts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was playing a granny when I was in my, you know, late 30s. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great part, so I really didn't mind. And all my favourite actresses are without vanity. So I think it's really important to say this issue isn't about vanity at all. It's about the inequity of how we're seen as ageing women. And a really strange thing started to happen in my 40s, late 40s, early 50s, when suddenly I would meet actors on things, male actors. And, you know, a few years ago, I'd been playing their wives. And now I, suddenly I was playing mm. their mothers. And I thought, it's like dog years. Oh what is actresses years different? What happened? I thought we were all aging at the same rate. Um, so there's this unspoken thing that, uh, you know, I am a mother of a, a teenage child and I'm 60. But no one would ever cast me as the mother of a teenage child in real life, although there are plenty of women like me. And so this kind of weird, different set of rules for aging women that somehow... If you're not seen as viable or attractive anymore, childbearing mm. age or, you know, attractive enough to want to sleep with, you're suddenly relegated to, well, you'll do as, you know, ageing mum and then grandma. Mm. Um, and the other thing that really struck me, and this is just a by the by, but for someone that doesn't like getting up in the morning, actresses' makeup calls are three times as long as male makeup calls because mm. there is this underlying assumption that you have to work so much harder to make a woman look mm. acceptable, i.e. not old on screen, whereas men literally waltz in, blow their nose, comb their hair, and they bloody <laughs> go out again. <laughs> that makeup calls are ridiculous. Mm. So that really struck me. I thought there's an inherent sexism somewhere in how we're seen on screen, and it's reflected in the makeup calls. That's so interesting. And it's ancient, this as well, isn't it? I, I also remember the story that Cary Grant's mother in North by Northwest was younger than him. Uh, so that yeah. I mean, unbelievable. And Sally Fields played Tom Hanks's wife, and then you know got a bit older, and suddenly she's his mum in Forrest yeah. Gump. It's it's outrageous. Juliet Stevenson, could you tell us a little bit about your experience with this? Oh God, I mean, totally mirroring what Mira said. Um, I love the idea of dog years. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just feel I'm trying to be to, to summarise it. I kind of feel I'm on this train. You know, my life. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on a train that's going to plan it interesting, to plan it, you know, ever more exciting and lively and interesting. And I pass a train going the other way, which is my part going to plan it boring. Mm. I mean, <laughs> my experience of getting older is that, you know, I achieve the kind of confidence I never had when I was younger. I know so much more. I've had so much life experience. I've brought up kids. I've had lots and lots of huge 
things I've dealt with. Um, I have much more confidence to look at things from the funny side. Um, I just feel like full of energy to tell stories about on behalf of women at this in this part of their lives. And the roles I get increasingly are, you know, um, coming on with a tray, wearing a penny, or um, making sure that those chaps are running the world in the way it should be run, you know, or mopping up the mess they're making. I mean, it's just the parts are so two-dimensional and boring. But I am not on this campaign to talk about my own experience, really. I'm much more, because I think that as things go, I am lucky. Uh, I sort of question the word lucky, in a way, because I think, is it lucky to be working well, it is lucky to be working, but I think everybody is entitled to be working. But I think um, I'm very, very much speaking for brilliant actresses who I know over 45 who don't work. And that's a tragedy because they're wonderful and have so much to offer and they don't get a look in. And um, and I'm also on this campaign on behalf of audiences. Uh, the narratives of both Mira and Nikki have said, you know, the narratives of women in the audiences. I mean, Nikki said she... She never saw her own experience reflected on screen when watching telly or movies. And it's true. I mean, 50% or over are women will watch television and, and, and cinema and so on are women over the age of 45. And yet they don't see their narratives there. Or if they do, they're extremely restricted, limited version of those narratives. So we, you know, our job is to tell stories back to the world about itself. And we're not able to do that on the whole, other than tell a very, very often a very male gaze version of those narratives. And finally, and then I'll shut up. It's, it's, I wrote about this once and I wrote it in this book, 50 Shades of Feminism. And um, I realized that I think what happens is this, is that genuinely people producing, directing or commissioning or whatever stuff for telly or theatre or, 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 or film, don't consider that women over 45 have a narrative. Their life is over. It's, they've had their sex, they've had their kids, they've fallen in love, they've got their careers, they've had their exciting difficulties or they've been in exciting forms of jeopardy. <laughs> and then they, their, their narratives have literally stopped and they are just there to support the, the offspring they've produced or the husband they've still got. You know, ma mainly that's that is the idea that narratives have literally stopped happening to, mm. which is of course absurd and, and ludicrous. Yes, that really resonates with me. And I also worry about boys and men seeing that. I worry about girls and and young women seeing it, and I worry about boys and men seeing it because the stories we tell tell us who are the important human beings in life. And I've heard again and again from women, oh, when I turned 40, I started to feel invisible uh, in life, in the street, uh, in the supermarket, mm. in, in a bar. And I think the kind of stories we tell and whose eyes we look through tell us who's visible. Yeah. And so it's just as concerning for me that men and boys don't see women over a certain age reflected or girls reflected very much at all. We don't look through the eyes of girls. We don't look through the eyes of women very much. But when we do... They are always young and beautiful. Yeah. And that's a problem for our society because it shapes who we believe should have priority, who is individual, who's human, who's important, and more than that, who's capable of leading. And listen, if posh white men were doing an incredible job at running the world, I'd be like, do we want to <laughs> rock the boat? But I look at the environment and I uh, I look at foreign policy and I look at the financial system and I think, do you know, I, I rather wonder if someone else shouldn't have a little go. 
And I am waiting, actually, for the big crisis of confidence that's going to come from posh white men over 40 who run every fucking thing. When are they going to turn around and go, guys, I don't think we're doing... It's not going well. Um, When? When, I ask you. Um, What would you like to see change, Nikki? What are you hoping this campaign will do? I think, ideally, it's just to understand that the off-spoken about 50-50 gender parity um, does exist in the UK throughout the whole of media, as long as you're happy that the 50-50 they're talking about is young women and middle-aged men. Because in all of the work that I've done, all of the research of this, this is what I found. Last year at the BAFTA uh, TV Awards, there were no leading actresses over the age of 38 at all. In a very diverse category, they were all young women. So again, I did a deep dive and I looked back and I found that the average age of leading TV nominees at BAFTA has fallen in the last 21 years from age 52 to age 32. And to, Is that the average That's age? the average age of the nominees. Now for the men, it's fallen in the men's category as well, but it's fallen from age 48 to 45, which of course means they're still very comfortably within their playing age range. You know, a dad of 48, a dad of 45, a an assassin of 48, an assassin of 45. And that's the other problem. Women are appearing over the age of 45, over the age of 50 and 60, but they are horrendous representations of women. Again, they're not women I recognise. They're all humorless. They are all bigoted. They are all vile. They are all deeply unpleasant. They're all out to wreck their daughter's lives or their husband's lives or the second wife's. I mean, it's the representation. And they certainly never have sex. Never have sex. <laughs> and if they do have sex, they're, they're, they're cougars. But I think across wider media, we need to look at this. We need to look on our tabloid culture, that the front page of a tabloid still, as recently as a year ago, was, was talking about a cougar and her toy boy because she happened to be 20 years older than the guy she was dating. This never happens with men. The prominence of young women on the fronts of our tabloids compared to perhaps a tiny little picture of an older woman. So it's the quantity and it's the quality and it's the fact that it's telling young women and young men that older women don't matter. When you look at the latest iteration of the Spider-Man film, it's got 15 leading characters Two of them are women, one of whom, sorry, no spoilers, I know, but one of whom, the only middle-aged woman in it, dies about an hour into the film. There are um, 13, I think, men in total. So you have a young woman who goes throughout the show. But all the young audiences to that film are seeing the rest of the men. There's eight men over the age of 50, four of whom are over the age of 60, and the rest are in, there's one guy in his 30s. And again, that just keeps saying to young audiences, older women don't matter. Older women don't feature in our stories. Mm. So there are two women in it. Yeah. Where really they could have had one. There was no need for the second no. one. So in a way, <laughs> it's useful. We're doubling just up Just keep there the young one. It's, but the older one dies halfway <laughs> through. So that makes it tidier for the second yeah. half. Mira, how do you feel about this? Well, I, interestingly, I can certainly tell you from a writer's point of view, because I also you know, write try and get things on television is that the brief I have been given very clearly from um, I would say at least three or four of the major broadcasters is that we you know make everyone younger in your casts 
everyone. Really? So project, yes. Yeah, so a project because what they're terrified of is using the losing the youth vote. Terrified. They're not really interested in the people that are going to die in the next ten or fifteen years. But because young people are deserting television, traditional television, in their droves. Everything is about the young. So there was an idea I was working on in which, you know, it's all female and all of the women in it were in their 50s. And they have said, we want you to make the three main characters teens oh. between 16 and 20. Teens? Yes. But how is that the same story or the same experience? But that's also assuming teens would never want to watch something with, uh, got- with, with grown-ups mm. in. And that just isn't yeah. true. You make good shows. Families watch them together the same way the parents will watch Stranger Things with the yeah. kids. Yeah. Juliet? I just want to ask Mira, when you're dealing with these people, these commissioning editors or producers or whatever, when you're mm. as a writer, mm. I mean, what gender are they? Um, are well, they mainly see, men or? No, they're mainly women, the ones I'm working with at the moment. And mm. it's all very apologetic. Mm. And, you know, the fact that every, everything I'm writing at the moment is mostly female, really, 95% female cast. Is, is enough boxes ticked, but they sort of shrug their shoulders apologetically and say that is the edict from on high. Exactly. Know, but- so I think and on high is the men. I mean, I, I'm really mm. interested in that answer, not because I expected you to say men, because I was I thought expected you to say many of them are women. And I think there's a massive problem, and I think this is something that we really need to look at, however difficult, is that women who do get into positions of power as producers or commissioning editors just drop this subject. It is not being fought for. It's not being argued. Um, it's not. It's not like I hate the word argue because it's not like we're asking for favors. It's like the world is missing so many amazing, sexy, interesting, exciting narratives. It's missing out on so much content by mm. just shutting down this stuff. Mm. It's so. Binary. But I can't even have this yeah. conversation in wider media. It, they just won't feature this campaign. I mean, my the campaign that runs alongside this campaign is to get this issue discussed on Women's Hour because, no offence to Women's Hour, but, you know, if you're a flagship current affairs show or, or discussion show for women's issues and you're not talking about 12 million unrepresented women in the UK, in UK media, whether that's TV, whether that's presenting, whether that's on stage or anything else, I find it baffling but there's a real resistance to discuss this because I think just as Mira says there's this perception that young people won't be interested in older women which is ridiculous because there's a lot of younger supporters of this campaign because young people are fierce they just don't do discrimination (laughs) in the way that our generation tends to do. Maybe that's what this campaign needs it needs young women uh, and teenagers to say to get the Gen Z's out to say hold on, why am I not seeing my mum, my grandmother on screen? They're amazing people. And also I'm going to be that. It's a bit like disability uh, that Mm. the disability campaigners often say, you're not disabled yet. Uh, But as people age, they lose mobility, for example. And that's, you know, and anyone can at any point become disabled for any number of reasons. Similarly, uh, you're only going to age or die. They're, the, they're your options. So excluding older people makes no sense because it's a category you you very much hope to be in. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. You know, where do these edicts come from is a very good uh, point that Juliet made. But I, I, I honestly find a huge um, disconnect between what the people that make the programmes think audiences want and what audiences actually watch. I mean, Joe Scanlon just won the BAFTA, which was fantastic and much deserved. Um, one of the top shows last year was Mayor of Easttown, featuring Kate Winslet, mm. looking very unglamorous and very much in her late 40s, early 50s you know, an, an unglamorous middle-aged woman at the centre of a story. And the, one of the main reasons people really connected with that is they went, there's somebody we can relate to. Mm. That does look like my mum mm. or me. <laughs> and how big was Happy Valley as well? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it, these things, when they come on, people are thirsty for them. Mira is so right about that. She is so right about people who generate this programming um, not getting it right about what people want. And time and time and time again, as people who work inside this industry, we find, you know, you know when you pick up a script and you say yes to a job, that it's a formula. You're in another formula of yet another television series. It's doing more or less what other series have done before you. And of course you do it because you need to earn a living and you're, you know, how lovely to be asked. Thank you very much. The fact is, you know, those things come and go, come and go. You know, but very often the things that occasionally you do that are really successful are always successful. Because they're breaking yeah. the mold. Exactly. They're always successful exactly. because they've been driven by passion mm. projects. One yes. of the tropes you hate playing as an older woman or as seeing played uh, as older women or. I mean, I only ever play. Basically, I play mothers just like Mira. So, I mean, I've been playing mothers for a long time. Like Mira, I was never, you know, never considered very pretty, which is absolutely fine. I mean, I'm quite realistic. I was You're never both yeah. gorgeous. 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 <laughs> just to be I mean, absolutely are, fucking clear. But, <laughs> uh, in feeling invisible, when people talk about that, I thought, well, I think I always did feel invisible, to be honest, because. In a world that objectifies women, I never did walk along the street and get bombarded with wolf whistles, so I don't particularly no notice that. But no um, I think that, um, but I, I do think I constantly that, um, can't stop. Now I just play <laughs> on the whole. I play mothers, and they're pretty much always bad mothers because if you think about it, a good mother does not make drama. Drama. There's a cliche that drama has to be about conflict, and therefore, if you've got a young hero or even a middle-aged hero, and he has a mother, that mother has got to be in somehow oppositional or destructive or um, you know, 
you know, so if that's a, a mother whose son is gay and who's completely rejected him or destroyed him, or if it's a mother, you know, it's, it's very often the bad mother. And so what I just try to do, because it really hurts me, I don't mind playing people who are terrible. It's quite fun. But I have to be able to tell a story about why they're yeah. behaving like that. You mm. have to. I do, I'm not interested in putting out images of women who are just ghastly people for no reason. You have to ask the question, why is, if this woman has to behave this badly, then why is she doing it? And that's the space that you almost never yeah. get. Mm. So all they want is the cliche of the bad mother. They do not want you to expand it into what are the pressures on this woman, mm. on these women? Why does she come? Why does she become like that? You know, Mira, do you get to play a lot of bad mothers? Oh, well, you know, when, when it comes to Indian mothers, that's it. That's an even smaller palette. There's either, hi, I'm an Indian mother, but I'm really liberal. I don't mind my son's <laughs> or, or it's the usual, you get out and never darken my door again. There doesn't seem to be, <laughs> it doesn't seem to be much in between. Um, <laughs> so it's either so, arranging an unwanted marriage or yeah. uh, I love lesbians. Uh, yeah, exactly. Surpri surprisingly, despite being yeah. Asian, uh, look look at me, uh, look at me pour, yeah. making a cup of tea for a lesbian, willingly, or uh, <laughs> or or casting children out into the street because yes. they won't agree to an arranged marriage and to be completely exactly. controlled by you for the rest of their yeah. lives. Um, so, so well, mum A I or mean, mum B, generally, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and do you prefer generally evil or bland? Which, which you have to be one or the other. It's always fun, more fun to play evil. But then again, I really like making tea for lesbians. So you've asked me a very different question. Now. Listen, it's it's well, it's everything to play for and everything to it. It's win-win for you there, Mira. Uh, Nikki, uh, we'd love to do a guilty feminist show with you, Mira, Juliet, and some other actresses Very who are over 45, <laughs> where we do some monologues and also have a broader discussion about this and maybe have some fun. Maybe I might write some sketches. We could do some sort of sketches of the stereotypes. That'd be good fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, there's a whole... And we'll do oh, that. We'll do it. So funny. Yeah, we'll do it. At Listen, Place let's or not somewhere. do existing monologues. Let's write the material because honestly, oh, this yeah, group of fun. people alone, we could have such a ball. Okay, why don't we do that? So, listeners at home, if you would come along to see some of your favourite actresses, uh, either uh, in in person or we might beam beam some of them in uh, onto the big screen at King's Place. And if you'd love to see that, please tweet about it. Uh, what's? Uh, could you please just tell us the details of the campaign, Nikki? Yes. So that everyone knows who to hashtag. Definitely. Them. So it's acting. Your age campaign. There is another act your age. I think that the guides, girl guides, did because I got really excited when I saw it was trending online. And I was thinking, finally, finally, they know we're here. <laughs> and then it was them. Um, so, which was great. So well done. But uh, acting your age <laughs> campaign. And it, if you go to mrsnickyclark.com, which can I just say that's not just me promoting the fact that I'm married. It's it was actually because with any campaign you get loads and loads of abuse. So. I was described as scary shite house, so, you know, Mary Whitehouse. So I just went for it with my Twitter name. So it's MrsNickyClark.com and you can find the Acting Your Age campaign page there. You'll find the panels that we did with uh, Amazing Women, the campaign film I did for International Women's Day uh, and the list of supporters and just the reasons for the campaign because it's very hard as women when you want to talk about this, because it, the perception is that you're just complaining when actually you're campaigning. But so that's the whole point, really. Okay, so on Twitter, you want to say at 
Mrs. Nikki Clark and at guiltfempod at DeborahFW. Uh, if you'd like us to do the show or you would like to share details about Acting Your Rage, and then you just hashtag Acting Your Rage and say, yes, you'd be interested in this campaign. And you feel free to copy in, you know, Channel 4, the BBC, <laughs> anyone like that you think should see that you would watch things uh, with women over 45 in them. And, or even, you know, perhaps you, uh, you are an over, a woman over 40 or perhaps know a woman over 40. If any of those apply to you, if you've met a woman over 40 <laughs> or you can see one looking out your window now, you could tell Channel 4 or the BBC see that or any of the major streamers networks netflix anything like that um i'm sure they'd love to hear about it and if you'd love to us to do a live event and you'd be up for coming along to that do let us know mira no i was just gonna i'm sort of maybe i'm naive but i am shocked that you would be getting any abuse nikki for campaigning on what is for me such a non-controversial issue really it, what, who why well it falls into two camps the the because I made it very specifically about middle-aged women because there's, there's this huge problem. Young, everybody loves. Old, everybody thinks is adorable. It's this bit in the middle that we are pretty much loathed for. So I would sort of talk about what I was doing and I would immediately be told, well, there's no need for your campaign because, hello, Judy Dench. And I was like, no, but she's 80. I love Judy Dench. Everyone loves Judy Dench. But how many 160-year-old women do you know? So there's that. There's also the list of programmes that they will send. If you're send. listening, Dame Judy, we know you're not over 100. No, you're, not. But, you you're know, just gorgeously a regular right listener. But they will send Maggie Smith all as well. the programmes no that sort of justify. And a lot of these programmes are from the 1980s, you know, that they'll say there is no need for your campaign because women exist. And it's like, yeah, I know, but just not, not on UK screens. So, yeah. As soon as anybody, this argument is often, 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 often used. And I always say, as soon as you're um, saying individual names of women to me, if as soon as you say Meryl Streep to me, I'll say... You would never, ever, would you, begin to list the men who are managing careers over the age of 40, 45. You just wouldn't say, well, what about George Clooney or Denzel Washington? I mean, as soon as you start saying Meryl Streep, you know, um, Judy Dench, uh, Helen Mirren, you think, well, yeah, absolutely. Because there are a very small number who are allowed, it's like a bath. There's a plug hole at the end with a sieve. And when you're young, that bath is full of, you know, you, but a few get through the plug hole. Few, that's his plug hole is not. <laughs> it's not a great um, <laughs> metaphor, but a few get through the grid. If you get through and get to the other side, fine. But there's very, there's single numbers. And I did a survey. And vast numbers don't get through. Yeah, I did a survey for audiences, and I said, uh, you know, how many women over the age of forty-five on screen can you name? And only nine percent of those surveyed could name more than twenty women, and forty-nine percent could name more than twenty men. And it's just that we've accepted it. We're, we're just bombarded mm. with it all of the time. As I say, on screen, men have a whole life and women just a shelf life. And that does have to change because it's 2022. Could I ask Nikki, just before we go, when you said we have 50-50 parity, but only if you count young women and older mm -hmm. men, is that true? Because I feel we see a, many fewer women on screen Absolutely. per se. Like... Um, you know, if you watch the average screen, yep. definitely in the theatre, I mean, they keep on putting Shakespeare plays on in most theatres most of the time. And there's a cast of 400 men and then, you know, two women. Mm. Can we possibly have parity or is it it's just or is it just that it's a better balance if you take into account 
younger women. And so women. what Ofcom did was as part of their diversity monitoring, they produced figures and they did, I think it was the Cumberbatch Research Group, no link to the actor, but the, the Cumberbatch Research Group monitored. Because it sounds suspicious it if it was the Cumberbatch Research Group that came yeah. up with these figures, I'll be honest. So they did a deep dive into television and uh, across uh, all of the channels over a fixed period of time. And what they found was that up to the age of 45, representation on UK screens is pretty balanced now. It, of course, it, it wasn't, but there's been a lot of work done there. Over the age of 45, however, that falls very, very rapidly. So it declines exponentially. And then when you get into over 50, over 60, over 70, it's it's terrible. So you have roughly three times as many middle-aged men appearing on UK screens than you do women. And across the amount of time and the quality of role and the screen time that they occupy, again, this is far more diminished to men. They're not playing the same uh, quality of role. They're not leading. They're not, they're not in, you know, achieving. They're not right. virile. So he's playing the detective yeah. who's well-rounded. We know why he's like he is. Uh, he's a hero, but also he's flawed. He's, yeah. He gets lots of scenes on his own where he just gets to stare out a window and we feel sorry for him. Uh, and she nags him not to leave the house because there's a plot outside and she doesn't want the family getting involved in any stories. And he says, oh, I've just got to go and have one more story and then I promise yeah. uh, we'll move up to the Highlands and we'll never have a story yeah. again. And then he does. And unfortunately, that story, she was right. She, she should yeah. have gone outside because now he's got into tr- trouble with some gangsters. So in the meantime, she's making tea, uh, bothering people, nagging yeah. people. Ruining uh, a daughter's life. Cry- Ruining a daughter's mm. life, if she'd got time for that. They probably, you know, depends if there's time for her to ruin yeah. a daughter's life, sitting on the kitchen floor weeping, uh, if she's lucky. Um, Don't forget okay, making so tea for lesbians. Yes. <laughs> making tea for lesbians, of course. Yes. If you're, you know, if that's if she's, it's a fun role. She's yeah. a comedy. Yeah. She's in a comedy. Um, Juliet, uh, did you, before we go, did you have a list, did you say, of uh, of male sex symbols that you wrote down? I did, you know, I couldn't resist. Okay. Okay. George Clooney is 60, Daniel Craig is 54, Brad Pitt is 58, Johnny Depp is 58, Tom Cruise is 59, Matt Damon's 51, Mark Wahlberg's 50, Idris Elba's 49, Ray Fiennes is 59, Denzel Washington 67, Samuel L. Jackson 73, Benedict Cumberbatch 45. Wow. So, I mean, that just amused me. That just amused me because I thought none of those guys have careers in which they're playing fathers. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Or if they are a father, are a it's not the main thing about them. Of a toddler. They'll be a Correct. father of a toddler as well, won't Correct. they? A tragic toddler or, or a cute yeah. toddler. But um, <laughs> and, and wouldn't it be great? Aren't they amazing? Because they can also pick up a child and change its nappy. Um, or cook it, you know, a piece of toast. But, um, yeah, I know I just thought it would be so hilarious, wouldn't it, you know, if Benedict Cumberbatch, they sort of turned around and said, Ben, listen, you know, it's great. You've been great, Benedict. But... You are a bit wrinkly now, so could you possibly just step aside, mate? Um, and here's a penny. And can we have you coming on once or twice in the next hour with a tray? Um, you know, and that would be lovely. Thank you. Maybe you could and- be telling a woman, don't go, you'll get into danger. Um, and then be upset yeah. when the woman leaves the house and something happens to her. Yeah. Uh, no, Benedict, we do understand that your talent has not gone the way of your skin, but um, <laughs> nevertheless, sorry. Ah! 
Can't, you, I yeah, it upsets me honestly that I feel like um, in just in my life that uh, why does confidence arrive just as collagen is leaving the building? Uh, I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. I don't understand that it. It's so, so annoying true. to me. Uh, um, but you know that that's the irony though of this whole thing yeah. is that you know just when you are absolutely in your prime as a woman when everything you know and you feel comes together mm. and you love who you are and you love your body and you can just you know you're in your wise woman phase yep. you are absolutely there with yourself and you know, it's just a wonderful sort of period. It's never seen as that way. Just as we're coming to that beautiful peak is when the world loses interest. And that is such a tragedy because, my goodness, the I totally agree. But you know tell. what you're saying, Mira? Mira, hmm. what you're saying is just at the time when you think, I am who I am regardless of what the male gaze says I am. I mean, that, yeah. it takes you that long to say, I don't care. This yeah. is who I actually am. And that's the moment at which you cease to be interested. And I don't think that's a coincidence. No. One of my very favourite Fleabag scenes is when uh, uh, Fleabag's talking to Kristen Scott Thomas's character and she starts talking about the menopause and she says, uh, <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, magnificent. I'm just, I'm not, I'm factory anymore. It's just one, you're just released from all of that and you're not expected to be, this sort of constant sexy flirting thing and your body's not a factory and it's all wonderful. And you don't see many representations of on screen of older women talking about the good things or the, you know, it's just usually menopause is if it's depicted at all, which it hardly ever is as uh, something tragic and dreadful um, that, yeah, that means that you are no longer desirable to the male gaze as if that's a tragedy when really often mm. it's a relief. Mm. Mm. I, got, I, I feel I'm coming into my phase where I could probably cure people's ailments by finding <laughs> uh, flowers in a, in a wood. I'm loving it. Um, uh, and I'm not even that old, gang. I just feel like I feel like the more confidence comes on. The only thing is I feel like I'm just losing my jawline a touch. It's just a touch. And I could, if that could be, maybe I'll find some herbs in the wood and fix it. Um, Darling, listen, I love you to bits, but I will never eat any flower from any wood that you picked for me. I mean, listen, you might be missing out on the on the elixir of youth, my friend, um, uh, which I know is the key to all of our careers. Listen, it's been absolutely great uh, to do this. What fun we'll have if we do a live show. So uh, let's try and make that happen. Uh, in the meantime, can I say a huge thank you to Juliet Stevenson? Hashtag acting your age. It's been wonderful to have you all on The Girls of Feminist. Love Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Love you too. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, Click on content preferences, open political content and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now.